0: It was on a rooftop. There was a happy couple beaming on top of a building in Los Angeles. There were bright lights behind them. There was even a billboard lit up in spotlights. It was their wedding day. A day they'll remember forever and ever. And with that photograph and with that moment I knew I had to meet the person who took it. And that person was Molly McCauley. Molly went on to shoot our own wedding, family photos and engagement photos and be a huge part of capturing the essence of who we were at that particular moment. What was really behind those smiles, deep love and happiness and seriously, some of the best photos I've ever seen. I just sit anybody down with our wedding or album or engagement photos and family photos. And Molly just she nails it. But that's true to Molly because she is her own brand. She spent years cultivating her style, her perspective, her talent. And really, really dove into doing that for others. So when you see Molly's style, it's it's both approachable and aspirational. You want to have it in your home and you want to learn from it too. And now she's teaching others how to do that for themselves. Molly somehow finds some downtime in all of that. But her work is so magic and so, so special to me and my family. I have tears in my eyes just thinking about her beautiful photos, but it's really a treat that Molly gets to be our season one closer, um, for a side of podcast. There's so much wonderfulness in her message and her positivity. I just, I love her and adore her and just, I'm so proud of everything she's done. So without further ado, here is Molly McCauley. Hi, my name is Shannon Pfeffer. I'm obsessed with understanding the how and the why behind feeling good and translating that knowledge into strategies that help you live Each week, we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Hi Molly, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's so wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being one of my very, very first guests.
1: I was so excited when you emailed me. I was like, what? (laughs) I'm very honored. Thank you.
0: Oh my gosh. I am super, super duper thrilled. Um, I mean, just a little bit of background here for everybody. Uh, I met Molly now oh my gosh, over six years ago, because Molly was our incredible wedding photographer, engagement photographer extraordinaire. And uh, I we looked at it, I mean, as you do when you're getting married you look at a ton of people and see if you vibe with their vibe. And Molly's use of light was just so special. Um, and we just knew like, there's something behind these photos. And then we met in person and it was like this instant like synergy and just, she's photographed her family and um, she's just been an awesome, awesome friend. So I am thrilled to have you here to get into more about you uh, and all the creative ventures you have, because it's so inspiring for someone who is not as creative, but who aspires to be um, of, you know, these brilliant ideas that you have and, you know, where you've taken your career and like literally where you have gone with your career all over the world. So crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit more about you and your background and I've got a hundred million questions for you.
1: Yay, okay, I can't wait. And I just need to preface by the fact that I still think about your wedding dress. Like I still think about just how beautiful. Like I go to weddings every weekend. So for me, rarely am I really taken back by somebody when I see like um design or details or dresses. But I remember you putting that dress on and like having an audible gasp and thinking to myself, dang, like she looks so good. And I think we've even talked about this where I'm like, I just want to photograph you in the dress. again. (laughs) Um, So that's just to preface this whole thing. But um, a little bit about me. I'm originally from the Midwest. I grew up in a very creative family. So all of these ventures that I have taken throughout my life really stem from the encouragement that I received from my mom who was an art teacher. She's a goldsmith. My sister is very creative, uh, Works has worked in events, um, is an interior designer, and I've just been very encouraged and um, just guided in, in the art scene, if you will. So that is how I chose a creative path but it also chose me I feel like by default um, I am not a great student I have several different learning disabilities and for me I found art was really my way to express myself and it was one of the few subjects um, that I excelled in because I could work with my hands um, and presentations I would always excel in presentations because I could get creative and all of those good things. So I found art really just to be a means of survival in in my early days, but then really a way that I have thrived throughout the years. So my business um, is a wedding photography business. I've done many things throughout the years. I've done branding, photography, I've done families, maternity, all the things. I've really streamlined down to just weddings. At this point, I focus on destination weddings. I travel all over the world. And over this past year, a passion project of mine that has been a decade in the making uh, was launched, and that's called Make Pretty Workshops. And that's where I orchestrate and design and um, just facilitate wedding editorials for other wedding photographers and videographers who are really looking to up level their brands and their content maybe they're not booking the types of weddings they want to be shooting so we're able to to facilitate a space and design for them to be inspired and create and push boundaries um, so that's really where where my my business is at, but my background is oddly enough in photography. I don't know a whole lot of wedding photographers who have multiple degrees as I do. So my bachelor's is in photography design and retail merchandising. And I did obtain my master's degree in fine art photography with the intention of always teaching. So a mm-hmm. decade later I'm finally I'm finally at that point. But I decided to go the workshop route because As I was a learner, I learned best hands-on and in-person and in the nitty-gritty, being able to touch and learn as I go. Um, So that's really why I've chosen this route over, let's say, a professor route, which I really thought I was going to go. Yeah, Um, So. While I would love to have say I've had this like grandiose plan of how this life was unfolding for myself, I really haven't. I've just been somebody who's been willing to take chances on uncertain, Mm -hmm. you know, situations. And I've worked in fashion houses in London. I've worked um, in galleries in West Hollywood. Um, I've I've done it all, and it's all led me to here.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I was in uh, like um a class with the the babies and the instructor was talking about like think about your childhood and like what you really wanted to be. And she's like I guarantee 90% of you are living some sort of your childhood dream or something like that really like lay you up as a kid. And her thing was like I really liked teaching kids and also teaching the adults. And she's like, that's literally what I do and I've created my business. But it sounds similar to you too of like, you found what you were good at and you really like hone into it. And now instead of like, I'm going to fit in this box where I'm going to teach people and it's got to be their way. No, here's how I learn. And I'm going to teach other people how valuable it is to learn this way too.
1: Right. And it's resonating. It's landing with people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling in need. There's so many different photography workshops you can attend, but there were not often the aesthetic that I was looking for. So I just started mm-hmm. designing things for myself and it's landing with other people. So I think that's something to really think about is, you know, leaning into what you're good at. That's something that I found I was able to do early on. But also just being adaptable and realizing that, you know, what works for you does work for other people, you don't have to fit that mold, like you just described. Um, And you know, it might be this major gap in an industry that then you can really, you know, propel yourself into. So that's, that's currently kind of where I'm at is there's just this trajectory right now for me and momentum moving forward with this education uh, side of my business that I'm just, I'm really, really excited about. That's awesome. It it's super. And to touch cool. on what I wanted to yeah. be as a child, I wanted yeah. to be a rock star, so. I mean, you are. I like wanted to be I like I was always a performer. I danced competitively for years. I I just always was putting on a show. I remember I used to like perform in our living room for like when my parents had friends over. I I all I always was a hustler. Like I remember taking drink orders from my parents' friends and then telling them how much it cost once I brought them over and like making them tip me and stuff like that. I was just always working that angle, but I was very I was very charismatic. And that's what I found that works really well for me in my business is I am in a business of people. I am in a business of, you know, connection and that is a superpower of mine is networking and it's, it's something that I've just learned. If I put my effort there, it really does come back and reward um, rather than swimming upstream in different avenues that like, I don't enjoy as much or I'm not naturally as gifted in. Like it's just one of these things that I found like, okay, get me in front of people and I'll get the job. If I have Mm -hmm. to write an email for the job, I'm not getting it, but get me in a room and I'll, and I'll land it
0: oh my gosh, I want to have your skill. I want to have your skill. I think my childhood thing was I really, although I was like pretty quiet and I'm still pretty introverted, my thing was bossing people around. Like if I could tell people what to do and like, here's what, here's based on what I know, here's, you know, what you can do uh, or what you should be doing, that was my thing. And like every job I've had where I've been like, have had no team to run, I've just been like spinning because I'm like, what am I? I could tell myself what to do. Do you know what? Yeah.
1: Do you know what enneagram you are?
0: Yes, I am. Oh, uh, I'm a five. Hold on. Um, I'm an eight
1: wing seven. So, if anyone's familiar with enneagram, you know exactly the type of person I am, and I live up to every stereotype of of my personality. So you're an eight. I'm a five.
0: Okay. Um, So more like taking in all the knowledge and sitting on it. Yeah. That is is very true. So you're an eight. So is that the one where it's like learning – or I'm a challenger I'm,
1: I'm a challenger so in a sense often like leaders are eights so um, trailblazers that kind of stuff um but then with the wing seven I'm like very loyal i want things to be done fairly like all of that kind of stuff and it it's just crazy I' I don't know what what I believe in astrology. I don't know Mm -hmm. any of this kind of stuff, but I just find those personality tests to be so fascinating. Um, And it just allows you to identify and be like, yes, that is me. You Mm -hmm. know, so, so funny.
0: Yeah, no, we did it a couple, I want to say like maybe a couple weeks ago, like six, eight weeks ago, I listened to a business podcast and they were talking about how important it is when you're working with other people to know yes. the numbers. And I was like, Aaron, come on. He's like, I've done Myers-Briggs, whatever. And I was like, this is totally different. And yeah. like the numbers don't change. Like, And Myers-Briggs, like if you have life event or something, like you your letters can change. And this, yeah. one, you do not. And um, yeah, I remember I got a five and he was like, that's you. And he got a one, which is like all about being a good person and doing the right thing. And then he was like, yeah. oh my God, he's
1: uh, he's such a one. He is right? such, a he's one. such
0: a one. But just personality wise too. I can just yeah. see it now. Yes. Okay. Right. And then when I Googled like five and one in a relationship, it was like, this is oh a perfect gosh. match. And I'm like, yeah. and then he was really stoked. And so now he'll talk about it. Um,
1: yeah.
0: But it's so funny. It's like those, those things that like you know, you can't hide who you are. Like you take one of those quizzes and you're like, I could take it five times and it's going to be yeah. the same thing.
1: Yeah. They're just so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think yours is also really interesting too, because it's like your dream of being the rock star and, you know, having so many people who are leaders that, I think so so many of the last couple of presidents have also been eights. Yes. Um, Obama. Sorry. (laughs) Giving away uh, my affiliation. (laughs) Proudly. Um, And, uh, you know that makes sense for you to be able to start your own thing and then have people follow and you know want to be part of the journey and want to learn from you. Um, yeah, and just-
1: as I look look back over my life too, I'm the person in the room that like if a teacher is calling on somebody asking who wants to go first, if there is yeah. silence, yeah. that makes my skin crawl and I'm like I'll <laughs> go first, like whatever. Like that was I looking back at it, it just makes sense, but I do think that that helps me and has helped me in business because Mm -hmm. I am the person that will take the risk. I will be the person who jumps on something first. I will be, you know, that one to stick, stick my neck out there a little bit and take Mm -hmm. a chance. Um, Yeah. And unapologetically be myself, um, which is another big part of, of that personality is that just really understanding who you are. I, a big, a big thing for me is I've, always rooted for an underdog, like always. Yeah. And just like wanted to make sure, you know, under underheard voices, you know, where there was a light shone on that. Um, all mm-hmm. of that good stuff. Like I that's just something that as I look back, it's insane how much of my life and my work has evolved around these personality traits.
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting too of like your life truly is a story. And you could see the start and finish of different layers of it and how these things are connected. Um, I had someone tell me years and years ago of like your resume, you know, it should be your career story. And I just never looked at a resume the same again, because it was Mm. like, here's the path to get here instead of like, here's what I've done. Um, Right. When you really think about your life and how truly connected all the decisions are and motivations are, um, it's a really wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just even thinking about it in terms of like the things that you have to let go of to make room for the things that are coming, uh whether that's a job like you said on a resume or um ideas or relationships or whatever it is, it's just so interesting to see how that unfolds um throughout that life journey.
0: Oh, totally. Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to talk a little bit about something that totally surprised me of you guys picking up and moving somewhere really special.
1: Well, you know, it kind of surprised us too. Um, And it's funny because I never made this like grandiose announcement on my business page because for those who don't know me, I'm based in Los Angeles, but last year I expanded to the New York and New England market um, for weddings and workshops and all of that good stuff. I have a house now on the side of a mountain in Vermont. And if you would have talked to me a few years ago about that idea, I would have laughed at you just because I was in such a uphill climb and establishing and just really, really becoming more known in my main markets. And that was so So much work and effort had gone into establishing myself in Southern California and as a destination photographer. So the idea of up and leaving wasn't as pressing, but then pandemic, we were inside for two years, uh, especially in Los Angeles. It was very strict um, so it just got us thinking about what we wanted to do and just some adventures we wanted to have, some financial freedom we wanted, um, and what that looked like for us. Do we think this is a forever move? Maybe not, but it's something that we had a gut calling to. Towards. And I have always been very, very strong in my intuition. It's something that has led me to take a lot of chances that have worked out really well. And, you know, it's made me do some really stupid things too. But (laughs) I really trust my gut. And this was something that just had been pulling us. Um, And we decided to move to Vermont, not just on a whim and not out of the blue, but we've spent every Thanksgiving here for the last 10 or 11 years. Um, My husband's family, you know, lived in parts of Vermont. They would ski every year in Vermont. They have a place up here. So it just made a lot of sense. The proximity to family made sense. Having something new made sense. Having clean air made sense. Um, You also
0: have three giant dogs,
1: big dogs. So giving them, giving them 102 acres, granted, they're not roaming that, Uh, we have bears and like a lot of stuff around us too. So like, I'm just scared. Um, But it's, it's such an interesting change of pace. Having winter for the first time in 15 years was no joke. Um, But it's such an interesting change of pace. And I think it has allowed us to slow down and really think about what next steps would be. I don't think we're going the kid route, like that's just something that hasn't been pressing for us. And um I I would rather have all the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. kind of like where my heart lies and I'm I'm excited about where we are that we don't have pressure yeah. to make a decision because we want to do this or because we want to do that. We really just have ultimate freedom right now. We're about to start another home renovation. And (laughs) Shannon knows that over the past six years, I have unintentionally flipped two homes. Um, So now we're on our third and yeah, whether we, whether we stay or go, we, we don't know, but it is, it was a necessary step because we would have always been wondering, was it smart for my business? I couldn't tell you. Like I, I don't know, but I do know that it has given me, really, really reputable, um, or like a level of trust with people knowing that I have both an East and West Coast address. That I'm working on both coasts. They're constantly seeing me travel. There's just an expansion part of my business that like. It, it just looks and feels good from a consumer and from a vendor side. So um, for my business, it it ultimately could be a really great thing, even, even though it might feel scary not being where the action is on the day-to-day.
0: Yeah, but you said that, you know, you really land that business when you're face-to-face. So now having those opportunities on the East Coast even more, just even people you're meeting in your network just has to be, Absolutely. you know, You may not see any dividends paid now, but in six months, a year, three years, it's got to be a game changer.
1: Absolutely. Even just this spring, I you know, was able to put myself out there. I happened to be in New York for um, a meeting and it was during New York Bridal Fashion Week. And that's where all of the new designs come forward from major designers and a lot of emerging designers or upcoming designers will showcase as well. And I was able to then reach out to a handful of designers and shoot content because I was already going to be there. It wasn't going to be an expense of bringing me out from LA or any of that good stuff. I was just able to be like, hey, I'm here and I'm available on this date. Do you need any content? And how grateful they were for me to shoot for them and how grateful I was now to have content in the city that I'm targeting. It was a win-win really.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, so many people are afraid to take that leap. I think the pandemic push has given people that permission to be like, you know what, this job's not for me or this person's not for me. Um, I'm going to change things up. But there's still like that, a lot of talk, but no action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think like you guys are one of the few who actually did it. Like we have another friend who – moved to Australia for a year, a friend who uprooted their family to Rwanda for a year, you know, just, you know, taking that chance because why not? I think we learned like how slow time can be and also how fast it can be. And, you know, I think I just applaud you and I applaud everybody for making that change and actually doing it because, you know, you don't know right now, where your life will be. And that's kind of an amazing feeling. And to not, like you said, to not have that pressure, to have the financial freedom, to just be you guys and do what you want to do and what you're passionate about. Like that's so healthy. I mean,
1: I would love to say that that's how it started. It was more of like, a, ah, let's get out of LA type of thing. I think we're feeling all of those things now, but that definitely yeah. wasn't the case before. Um, and my husband and I are very opposite personalities where I thrive in unknowns, typically, like I'm very good, like in an adventure setting on the go unknown, while I am a planner, like I like to have like, an overarching, well, let's say planner control freak, I like to be mm-hmm. in control of things. But I am very good at adapting. Um, so that to me is, I will seek out the opportunities. I will go find how this is going to work for me. I'm not going to just like sit in misery because I decided, oh, here's this move. And now I'm in a really rural part of Vermont and I don't know anyone. When I thrive around people, it's a very isolating feeling. So knowing what I need to do in order to Fulfill my personality and what I need as just a human has been really crucial. And that's incorporated like trips back to LA for work, which have, which were already on the books, but have come at such great times where I'm able to recharge in that, like more fast paced, familiar setting, or, you know, just now that I have proximity to different family and friends, like quick weekend trips away that I, that I wasn't able to do before because I was just always working. Um, so yeah, it's just really opened up a, a new perspective for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, You and I fall in the category of girl on the go. Like being on a Mm -hmm. plane is oddly comforting, Um, you know, and just like figuring things out of like, you know what? I'm in the city for a day. Who could I call? Um, Yeah. You know, that just, um, and it's great to be able to do that again. I mean, this is a random question, but this is on my bucket list and I think you might be a good partner for me. I've never found anybody who wants to do this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But... There is a drip where you take a tiny little plane to a random part, like an island or somewhere with a jungle, and you're left there for 24 hours, and it's survivor camp. Oh, my gosh. And you have a backpack, and they come back in 24 hours, but you got to figure it out.
1: I mean, what if something kills you in the 24 hours? Like what, like how safe of a scenario is this? So like, this is the control person of me is that, yes, I would be good for an adventure. Like, and Trust me, we'd be coming out like Queens of the Castle. Like, don't don't even question. But the other part of me is like, okay, like these parameters. What are these yeah. parameters like? <laughs> Am I going to be put in a jungle where like an anaconda is going to like suffocate me? I don't know. I don't know if I'm cool with that. I don't know if I want that trip. <laughs>
0: um, okay, here's something that may help. It's run by National Geographic Expeditions. Fun. So, okay, so legit. 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 They've got insurance. They probably don't want anyone to die or be lose a limb. Exactly. I don't think it's like Tom Hanks in that movie with like right. Wilson, um, but kind of. I mean, God I mean, I'd be down. I'd be down, I'd be down to
1: see details. I'd be down okay. to see details.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Okay. You know, so- someday <laughs> I may call on you for this trip.
1: I love it so much. <laughs> Bring your wedding, bring your wedding dress. We'll do an editorial. <laughs> poor beautiful dress would get
0: ruined, but it's in a box, Molly. And I, oh. I'm pretty sure I can fit back into it. So, um, someday, someday, someday we'll do this. Um, well, I mean, talking about slowing down and, 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 you know, doing these trips to make you happy, like you, you, you taking this time for your yourself and, you know, I, recharging and like addressing things that you probably didn't have time to address? Like what what other things are you doing to like really take care of yourself and sort of like heal from the craziness that was LA for so long?
1: Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing LA. Like there's no, a very no, no. High, high, you know, possibility that we could end up back there someday or Santa Barbara yeah. or Cal- anywhere. Right. Like yeah. we don't, we don't and know.
0: Let me, let me just pause here for one second. Like it's, it's our dream to be able to go and do what Molly did, but with three <laughs> kids, we cannot go and do that. Um, so I like it's like wanderlust, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds Yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, but also, could, like, you
1: could, you could, yeah,
0: though. We could. But...
1: You could. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of yeah. questions and it's a lot of logistics. You could. It is. But that yeah. being said, in yeah. terms of taking care of ourselves, the one thing I'll, I'll say is it's been it's been imperative. Like my husband has to get outside. He has to like walk the dogs. He has to be active and all of that, all of that kind of stuff. I have found that this truly has been a slowdown for me where I have relieved myself of pressure of having to do anything. Mm. And I think that is just as powerful as, you know, coming up with things that are self-care. Like, I don't think that I need to assign anything specific as a self-care, like habit. Do I love getting reflexology? Yes. But that's an LA activity because there isn't a whole lot of that around (laughs) where I am. Like I can barely find a place to get my nails done. So, you know, I'm, I'm 45 minutes from like the closest town. Like when I say I'm rural, I am, I'm really out there. Um, So it's, it's one of those things that I think slowing down and allowing myself to take breaks, because the one thing I will say, my brain is constantly activated and it's constantly thinking. And a lot of times I will be processing, processing, processing and Often can't implement because I get so overwhelmed, and I think that's an undiagnosed ADD situation um, that probably should be addressed at some point. But I do think that there are behavioral things that just happen because of how I'm wired, that yeah. these, this forced downtime oh, is like very necessary for me in this stage of my life right now where, you know, binging a a show on Netflix, I'm not feeling guilty about that. Anymore. Whereas I used to be like, oh, but I should be doing this. I could be doing this. This would get this done. And then I'd be able to deliver this gallery early. And, you know, I'm one of those people that hates being late on anything. I hate owing anybody anything. So, um, timelines, I work really good with deadlines and timelines, but they also can work as A little bit of a jail cell in terms of um, how the rest of my life functions. So the actual act of slowing down and silence and um, just getting to things that make me happy, seeing live music again, really, really was amazing a few weeks ago. I went to Chicago for a concert. I flew in on a Friday night, went to the concert Saturday, left Sunday morning. And it was just so, so giving to my soul Mm -hmm. um, in terms of of that just, you know, crowd experience, COVID aside, like thank God I didn't get COVID. But like, um, crowd experience just having that group experience together with amazing artists um, it was just really really lovely so that's kind of how i'm looking at things now the other part of this is we are now in a space that allows when i had mentioned financial freedom earlier it allows my husband to now sometimes take trips with me whereas before it was always no you either have to stay back with the dogs or if if you leave you know this cuts into our paycheck for this and our mortgage in LA and blah, 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 all this stuff where we have a little bit more freedom where he was able to go to Paris with me last year for his, I brought him over for his 40th birthday on the tail end of a work trip. I had another work trip that was in London this spring and I was like, you want to know what? I I used to live in London. So for me, that was a really, really amazing like homecoming in a sense. Um, It took me years to get back and i was just very, very excited to be there. But I was so excited to be able to share that with him when typically it would either be myself or my mom has always been my travel buddy. Because you know she's around and has freedom to do so as well, so um, it's just been really nice that he's been able to join me. Now he's going to Ireland with me this fall. Um, so it's that's more trips that we've taken in the last probably ten months than we have in in the last ten years together. We still haven't even taken our honeymoon. We got yeah. married five years ago, and we still haven't been able to take our honeymoon for one reason or another. It's been planned three different times and canceled three different times times. So um, it's just a really, really nice place to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And it sounds like you have set up some like really good, like personal boundaries and work boundaries too, because, you know, there's, we set these expectations for ourselves of like, this has to be done. And that, you know, if I don't get it, they'll think of me this way. But, you know, whether it's sending an email or sending a, like a, a first look, you know, it's, it can it can wait yeah you it know, can wait it, and or i can
1: send one photo instead yeah, of 20
0: photos totally.
1: so for me it's more about this like balance and don't get it twisted like i still struggle oh, i'm like no. a people pleaser yeah. i like to be an overachiever, I'm somebody who always wants to deliver more than what was promised. So for me, that's just an innate thing that I'm always struggling with, but it's like, hey, how can I achieve this without going so overboard to where it's affecting me? And this is a constant struggle and in, in the seesaw of life. and um I just, you know i'm I'm on the upswing right now.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, have you also, I mean, I, I've felt this, but, I, you know, I want to ask you too, like, with the world changing and everyone, you know, kind of changing their focus for their lives, like, have you also hold, like let go of friendships that weren't serving you? And yep. that, that feels great, right?
1: Well, you know, it doesn't feel great in the moment, but no. it, right. there's a relief. There's a relief from what you thought that that friendship was supposed to be. What you were hoping it would be, um I think some of the breakups that I've had with girlfriends over the past year have been harder than you know some of the relationships I got out of with men that I dated. I was engaged <laughs> once a long time ago, and you know, I don't want to say that that was easier to get out of, but I think that having those deeply rooted friendships and having some of them be some of the closest people I had been. You know, friends with and having to acknowledge that, hey, this isn't working. Um, It's not working for me. It's not working for them. It's not benefiting either of us. Um, Those have been pretty devastating. But in the end, I've seen how I've. Thrived coming out of situations there isn't an, there isn't the expectation that I hold of myself, but honestly more so the expectation I was placing on other people. I have mm-hmm. a um I, I'm just like a very loyal person and mm-hmm. I think, innately, I just have this expectation that that's going to be reciprocated and or if I'm going to work really hard towards something that that that's going to be matched. Um, And I think I've found myself being very disappointed by people, but I I'm only disappointed because that's what I put on to them. That's not because they didn't necessarily do their best in, in the friendship. Um, it was, it was what I had wanted them to be and they weren't. So it's not fair to them to be upset, but I also recognize that it was just not a healthy place for any of us to be. Um, am I sad that I'm not friends with them anymore? Yes. Um, do I think that I want to, turn the car around and revisit it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a really nice place to be too, is just understanding that like the season there in my life for was really impactful and that I got a lot from them and hopefully I was able to give that to them in return. Mm-hmm. But that then now like we turn the page and it is like you said, that story of your life. I'm now on a, on a totally different, you know, coast in a new chapter. And um, just realizing that you're not meant to be with everyone forever.
0: Right. Right. And and there are folks who do come back at a different phase or, yep. or life stage. And that's amazing because you have that shared history, but kind of growing together or growing apart and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a and- very
1: adult place to get. Like, yeah. And- the person in me who is the people person and the networker and all of that kind of stuff, just for the longest time struggled with the idea of not being friends with somebody who I had been friends with for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So like to let that go um, was a really difficult decision, but I also just kind of got to the point of like, I'm old enough to not have to fake this. Like this shouldn't be an issue. Like this shouldn't be, a point of contention of when I see someone's name pop up on my phone like that is angsty like that angsty feeling I don't want to have that I don't want to have anxiety over conversations I don't want to have um expectations that are not met time and time again and then be disappointed like I don't I don't love those feelings and the great thing is as an adult you can make decisions for yourself and you can decide who is in your circle and who isn't um and And it's, it doesn't have to be as cutthroat as that, but like for me, sometimes it is, it sometimes it is just, it needs to be a cold cut. Like I've never dated the same person twice and that's for good reason. I have very good willpower. And as much as I might have wanted to go back to somebody, I never would have just because I'm like, okay, if it didn't work, it didn't work for a reason. And I feel that way about friendships as well is that there is something that did not work and I can love them from afar and I don't need to have them... in my tight knit community because it is tight and it's getting it's getting smaller and smaller as the years go by. But I do know that those are my ride or die people. And and those relationships become much more stronger when I'm able to focus on them than be distracted by things that are not fulfilling me.
0: Totally, totally. And it's not like you push People out, or you push things out because you've met somebody new or you have this new hobby. It's just like, this isn't serving me anymore. And it's okay to let go because Mm -hmm. I need to move forward. And you probably do too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, it's one of the hardest things to do, but one of the smartest things to do. And I just, I'm so happy when I open my social media and it's like actually people that I care about. You yeah. Know, and well, it's like
1: with Instagram changing the way things are, I, it's getting harder and harder to see that. But
0: yes. True. Yes. Yes. But, you know, the, the fundamentally, it's just like, I don't have to, like you're saying, I don't have to see this person's yeah. name pop up and be like, oh, I wish I was there or, you know, or I just don't want to see people. It's like, it's tricky.
1: It gets tricky too, because even from like a work standpoint, maybe I just do not align with somebody, but I also don't want to be a dick and be like, Oh, unfollow or block or whatever. That mute button is there for a reason. And I have no problem putting anybody on mute that I don't want to impact my energy. Like I, I have realized this about myself that as soon as I started doing that, I felt a lot better. I had less imposter syndrome. I had less, like comparison to what other people were doing. I wasn't feeling like resentful or anything. I felt like it was bringing out by tolerating and allowing those people into my world, whether it was on social media or in real life, I was bringing myself down because of the doubt that was creeping in. And when I started to filter, like quite literally filter through and mute these people so that they were not showing up in my day to day, I was so much happier. <laughs> I right. was so much happier. Um, and it's refreshing to be like, yes, to get on there and be a cheerleader for other people in your industry or friends or family um, and just be delighted by social media because oftentimes it can just be such a drain. And um, I've done what I can to control that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you and I don't have the luxury. Like in our business, we have to be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know it's the blessing and the curse, but i years ago I switched off notifications.
1: Oh, I've so never like, had notifications ever yeah, on anything
0: nothing It's great,
1: right? Anyone who has anxiety. I would recommend just turn any social notifications off. I also do not get alerts on my phone when I get text messages or anything like that. So I have all of that silenced. So it's just when I pick up my phone, I see somebody texted me. Um, anyone who has anxiety, like I feel like this is a key thing that helped me because. In my brain, as soon as I see that message come in, it's, I need to reply immediately. That's where my head goes. Mm -hmm. Is it really that important? No do those people get to interrupt my schedule and demand a response from me immediately? No. Mm -mm. So Mm -mm. as soon as I eliminated that, it was so nice. Or just put do not disturb on that fun little moon symbol, right? Like if we can, if we can control that, I noticed my anxiety started going way down um, in terms of what I needed to be for other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, I love I love the idea of turning off texts because that's, it's so great. I, there's some stat out there. I don't remember the source, but uh, it came out recently and it was talking about how much we check our email. Oh, it's and ridiculous. Yeah, on average, it's 20 times a day on average, which means in order for that to be the middle, there has to be a huge part of the population checking yep. it even more. And I'm like, what? Like so it'd be control?
1: interesting. I would love to track this. I, I should probably yeah. track this and, and see actually what yeah. it looks like. But as a service-based provider, you yeah. both you and I both know that yeah. if you are not one of the first people to respond to an inquiry, the likelihood of you booking a job or a client goes down significantly. So yeah. I have found that inquiries that I respond to within a few hours, even versus a 24-hour turnaround time, yeah. the likelihood of me booking them. Skyrockets. So that right there just adds fuel to the fire of that awful cycle of refreshing, refreshing, <laughs> refreshing yeah. um, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I will I will be the first to hold my hand up and say that I am probably on that high side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I, I tried to separate it out of like you know, I will only check this inbox, but yeah. it's a slippery slip. you're already in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, (laughs) there's no going back for me. It's just once you're in, you're in. Um, I will say like, you know, hopefully there is like a balance drawn at some point. Like I know people who are like, Oh, I check my inbox at like 9am and like 4pm. And I was like, amazing for you. (laughs) Like, that's so great for you. I don't know how, I don't know how to do it. Like I would need to like literally have that thing that as soon as I reach for my mouse. Like it slaps my hand. Right. So, uh, also working primarily on a computer with editing and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just too easy to not, you know, to not do it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's next level on my end.
0: Do you have your email open on a tab at all times?
1: So I don't use tabs. I'm one of the f- few people who actually use like the mail, Like oh yeah. Thing on my iMac. Yeah. Um, so I will say once I open my mail, it's usually the box might not be open, but I will yeah. get like the little slider indicators, like if something comes in. If yeah. I if I'm editing and I really need to focus, I close out of everything. I'm the type of person that like a red dot bothers me. Like there cannot be a red dot on my phone. There cannot be a red dot on my email. Um, and how people function with multiple tabs open on a web browser is like people like I it gives me it makes my head spin just thinking about it. Like when I would, when people would like share screens with me to like show me something or whatever, I would be like, I can't focus on what you're saying because you have 13,000 tabs open to where you can't even read what they are. I'm like, you need to open and you need to open a new thing. Like I can't even look at this because I'm counting. Um, again, that's my ADD that can't focus, but um You and I are opposite ends of the spectrum for Mm -hmm. that.
0: Oh, totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I'm like, I also have, um, let me just lift up my phone here really quickly.
1: No, I can't. It'll
0: be voicemails.
1: No, no, absolutely not. Like, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. No. Like the fact that I have, the fact that I have two text messages, one voicemail and 34 emails really gives me heart palpitations. So (laughs) So so as soon as we hang up, you know what I'm doing.
0: Yes, exactly. Right. Um, Well, I have um, a couple more questions about, you know, we've talked a lot about like your strategies, which are so helpful. And I feel like a lot of us can learn from, Um, but how do you do it when you travel so much? Like how do you find that balance and Mm -hmm. still like make that time for yourself or find time to yep. work out or, you know, just, to, you know, I mean, literally stay healthy because traveling, it does wear you down. It's
1: brutal. And I will say that, like I, this past year, I have not balanced it well. Like I can be the first to say that last year I had back surgery and my recovery, um, took a little longer than I expected to feel better. In which case, like my mobility, um, was not great. And, um, even, even from when I got injured in November of 2020 2020 or 2021, I can't even remember now, 2020. Um, so I was injured in November from, from working out during a workout, um, in 2020 and then finally had surgery at the end of April. So I was in a lot of pain. I had a lot of nerve damage, like down my leg. Um, I was in a lot of pain for a handful of months. When I finally had my surgery, um, I, I, you know, took time. I did the PT. I did all of that stuff. Um, I, I'll be completely honest and say I have not found my new rhythm. I have not found how and then add a move into this, right? So, you know, a few weeks after surgery, we moved to the East Coast, and then we closed on our house a few months later. And then I'm kicking into gear with all my work. So I'm traveling a ton. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't found a rhythm. I really yeah. haven't. Um, and and in in that um space i have i've gained weight i have not taken care of myself when i've been on the road as much so these are all things that i've been hyper aware of that mm. i think i've finally come to the place of like okay like You are now in full functioning (laughs) capacity. You can bend over, you can lift things. You're back to working, you're back to shooting. Now it's time to get back in the rhythm of that. So like, I love Peloton. So I was doing, especially during pandemic, I was on like every morning, not because I felt the need that I had to do it for like health reasons, but because I enjoyed it. Um, And it was a nice rhythm. But, you know, anyone who knows that when they get out of the habit, it's very hard to get back into it. So I've, you know, I've been doing one-off rides here and there. Um, but I'm excited to get back into this. I'm excited to like have that camaraderie too, with people who I know that are riding all over the country that I'm not in the same place with and be like, Oh, I just did this ride. You should do it. You know? Um, I I grew up, I've always been like an athlete my whole life and my husband does CrossFit and we have a whole, you know, rig set up in our, in our basement. So nice. getting back to like strength training so that yeah. I can start to feel good in my body again. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't care how much I weigh. I don't mm-hmm. care like actually like what size I am. I just yeah. want to feel good. Right. And I think, I think separating separating the guilt of not being able to move for so long and the weight gain that came with that then to like the shame of like losing the shape that I've been in and all that kind of stuff I've been able to like let go of some of that stuff um but now now I know that I need to switch gears and it's in my brain I know that it's like hey molly you got to get up and do something like you're only going to change this if you change things so oh, um yeah. yeah so i i mean i wish i could have this really inspiring story about how i do you know hotel gym workouts i don't when i'm when i'm on the road i'm doing you know 10 to 12 hour days on weddings that's a really exhausting day carrying 20 to 30 pounds of gear, like all day, you know, maybe peeing once, you know. <laughs> having, right, trying having, to shove a granola yeah, in. Trying, yeah, yeah. Trying to drink water throughout the day just so that I don't get dehydrated, like that kind of stuff. So, it, really, most of my self care when I'm on the road is finding a reflexology. Um, place because most metro areas will have those. And for anyone who doesn't know what reflexology is, it's honestly just like a cheap massage, but it's, you know, usually like I just wear workout clothes there and they they do it over clothes. They work on your feet. So after a wedding day, getting that done, having 30 minutes of footwork done is really, really impactful on my recovery. So I I look at taking care of myself on the road, not necessarily of needing to work out, but making sure that the work that I am doing that is strenuous, that I'm taking care of myself on the recovery side, which usually is you know, lots of like hydration, that kind of stuff. But honestly, reflexology is one of the best ways for me to stay in it, especially when I have back-to-back shoots or back-to-back weddings and, you know, I or I'm on a job where it's like literally every single day I have something and it's like very scheduled. So that's the best way that I can keep myself centered, focused, and not feeling like my body's going <laughs> to fall yeah. apart.
0: Yeah. When you um, are... I guess, planning the Make Pretty workshops, do you have any time where you're like, after this, I'm going to stay a day or two because oh, yeah. I'm sure those are just as intense or more so.
1: Yeah, it's a different type because not only is it implementation and shooting on the day, but I'm also education, educating, I'm guiding, I'm like mentoring along the way, which takes a certain t- type of mental capacity, not to yeah. mention the months of planning and preparation. So that's when I'm putting on my planner hat and my photography hat and then my mentor hat. And it's, yeah, you crash hard. You really do. Um, so I do. I I take I take days for myself like for example I had you know, I gave myself one buffer day in London and then I knew that I, since we had a handful of days there that I was like, Hey, I just need one really low key day, the day after the workshop. So let's just go walk around Hyde Park or let's yeah. m- not walk and like, let's just sit somewhere or, you know, eat some food, whatever. Um, and then get going the next day. So yeah, I, I do try to, especially since my surgery, I am more yeah. cognizant of needing to have those buffer days or travel days and. And um, really being mindful of how how I'm working myself.
0: Totally, and I don't, I, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize like when you are a wedding photographer, you are not sitting down. You're squatting. You're going upstairs. You're, you are in an uncomfortable. There's
1: weird position. positions. Yeah. It's weird yeah. positions and, and weird positions while holding, you know, twenty pounds of something. And yeah. it's just like you know, think of just like. holding, holding, you know, Ellis while you're bent over and, you know, like reaching down with like one arm up. It's just, it's weird. The whole thing is weird. Like I've seen so many behind the scenes photos of myself and I was like, this will never see the light of day because A, my body looks weird because I don't know how I'm contorting myself in that position, but also my face, like I just have a weird shooting face. Like I, I, cinch my face weird. It's all, you know, it's just like the things that you do to get it done, right? It's not cute, but it, you know, it, it gets done.
0: Yeah. And so you got to like decompress your body somehow. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you find all the ways because it's so, so important. Um, I have one last question for you. And I asked everybody this question. Uh, If you had a button that could do anything for you. Like you can carry this button anytime, any time, day, night. You just press it and something would happen. What would it do?
1: I have two. Okay. It would either be teleportation to like go and travel wherever I wanted without having to be like jet lagged or like mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or time travel. Like to travel back and like just like see – friends and family and all that kind of stuff, people who have passed away, like that would just be like such an epic thing to be able to tap into that whenever, whenever you wanted, like how cool would that be? I I mean, yes. Another like to clean toilets. Sure. (laughs) But like really the ones that are mean most meaningful to me, like I would want a button that would initiate some sort of experiential thing because I don't care if my house is messy. I don't care if like I have gray hair showing, although I, that is another self-care act. I love to get my hair done. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can go, I can go weeks with like having my, all my gray hair showing. I don't care. Um, I would want my button to be an experiential thing that would just like bring like so much like joy, whether it's traveling To like go see somewhere new, or you know, exploring exploring a place, or like being able to like go to my favorite restaurant in London and come back here for dinner, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So obviously, not not super realistic, but um, those that would be that would be my choice.
0: Yeah, but it's like it's all grounded in who you are. You know, it's like you thrive and, and seeing the world and going places and why not eliminate all that stress and just be there. Mm. And then also taking you back, like not back to in time to experience something new. It's like, let's see, let's relive to this revisit. memory. Yeah. Let's be mm-hmm. happy. Let's see this from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's a memory of me, but you know, me with someone else, but then I can watch it from a different angle. and
1: Yeah. Know. To hug my dad again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. Like how epic. Yeah. Oh, I love your answers here. These are, <laughs> these are you know. Long,
1: long-winded, long which is, <laughs> you know, that is a trait that I did get from my father. But yes.
0: <laughs> no, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Um, one very important thing I did not mention yeah. at the top of the podcast, all of the photos on my website are Molly's. Um, <laughs> Molly, that was so fun, so fun, and I can't believe we have not done another branding shoot. We will, uh, we will. We you're will. you're
1: one of the few people that I will revisit that for. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Everybody else, close your ears. Yeah. Um, but they're beautiful f- photos, and it's just always fun to be with you and hang out. So um, awesome. Well, let everybody know where they can follow you um, on social um, and get in touch with you because I just I. I just love you so much, and I'm so proud of everything you've done, and I just want everybody to know about it.
1: Oh, you're so sweet. Um, So my name is Molly McCauley, and I'm actually going to be rebranding my photo business. It's currently Molly and Co. Photo on Instagram, but it will be rebranding to Molly McCauley. I just don't know what the formal handle will be just yet. Um, But my workshop education and mentoring space is Make Pretty Workshop. And make pretty workshop on Instagram, and I offer mentoring, hot seat sessions, um, website audits, and portfolio reviews for you know photographers, videographers, and actually creatives in general. So if that's something that you just need an outside eye on, um, it's a really Really unique perspective to have uh, somebody come in and say, "Hey, this isn't working here, and this is why." And then, you know, luckily for me, I have my years of you know working in a gallery curation, being able to really narrow down and and fine tune things. So that's a that's a strength of mine that I love uh, being able to lend to others. So super excited about all the education and mentoring um, offers that I have going on now.
0: That's amazing. I mean as you can see from our conversation, like Molly just understands everything from so many different angles and it's just easy to kind of talk about things. And I'm sure like, you know, issues that would be hard to bring up, like your website really, really isn't working. And here's why, like, you know, you just have a way about you where I, I just like, I just want to listen and know more. And I'm sure everybody else is coming to you just as like, she gets it she gets it and her delivery is perfect
1: So yeah this phrase came up I forget it was recently like last week and somebody said like gentle authority like essentially where it's like I, I will tell you what's up but like not in a mean way like I'm just gonna say like hey I think it could be better to do this or why did you make this choice like are you maybe resonating with you know this description more than your client is and maybe maybe I can read it from a client standpoint and just be like, Hey, this isn't landing with me. What are you trying to get across? So right. yeah, just having a new set of eyes. And I, I, what I love, and thank you so much for bringing me on your podcast, because what I love is that we're not in the same industry, but that it is universal in terms of sometimes you just need somebody who's not so close to what you're doing, um, to help you out and just give a fresh perspective. So I'll talk to anybody all day long, so <laughs> it's easy for me to give my opinion as an Enneagram 8, of course. Yes,
0: yes, yes. yes. Come to Molly for for the 8 stuff. Come to me for the 5 yes. stuff. <laughs> yes. we'll tag you know.
1: team it. We'll tag team it.
0: Yes, yes. Awesome. Well, I really hope that our travels line up soon. I will be out east um, a couple of times this fall. So Yay, let us know. Now. Maybe we could have a New York City cocktail.
1: Yes, please. How, how sex in the city of us? I know, right?
0: Cosmos and all. <laughs> Perfect. Um, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Molly. This was absolutely awesome. And I just, I'm giving you a big virtual hug because I miss you and I, I love a real hug.
1: Same. Yeah, I'm a hugger too. Not so much during COVID, but I'm a hugger in general. I'm glad we can finally get back to hugging
0: yeah, same. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of a side of syrup if you love this episode as much as i did head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one also if you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general send it to them too thank you new episodes go up on tuesdays thanks for tuning in i can't wait to hang out with you again soon